Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast, real conversations about ministry and life with Israel Gomez and Tian Doan. This podcast is just a recording of a real conversation between two friends who just happen to be struggling pastors. Hey, Israel, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm good, dude. Look, no big deal. I just have teenagers. Got a kid that's going to be taking a driving test not too far away from now, not too long from now in this summer, um, which is just crazy. That means we'll have two teenagers driving, which is, uh, man, it's just like big transition in life. Two kids in the household driving. Lots of money, just flying away. I, anyway, no, that, that's what's up with me, man. What about you, dude? Uh, that's kind of interesting. My, my kids are kind of the opposite. I got an 18-year-old who uh, we got to force to like, um, hey, why don't you go take your driver's test already? And uh, he just likes us driving him around, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dude, mine wants to take the wheel. Um, no, that's maybe that's not so bad right now. Look, you'll save some money, uh, if anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is a good deal when kids can drive themselves to school. Uh, that was, I mean, I got an extra 20 minutes of sleep with that transition, which happened a while back. So it's worth yeah, it. That's all I can say. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. Uh, what's going on? Anything new with the church? Um, uh, uh, man, good question. Dude, there's always all kinds of stuff. We're, we're learning. We're, we're, we're doing stuff. We've got a strategic planning time coming up pretty soon with our elders and wives, uh, where we're pl- planning the the next year, um, which is just exciting, man. I kind of, I feel like for us, um, heading into a season where we can do more than just survive, but just, uh, plan, plan the future together. Um, that's a really, that's a really cool thing. So that's coming up for us. What about you, man? What's new with uh, the church? Yeah, not much. I mean, we got uh, summer is around the corner and, uh, you know, things tend to, for us, it, it tends to kind of get slow down a little bit um, with, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it count. doesn't slow down for us, dude. Hey, that's a real thing for us, by the way. Uh, uh, man, planning is a really cool thing, but it definitely slows down for us. And um, and it's scary for a church plant, right? You know, you feel that summer a little more than others. Um yeah, so I, I feel you, man. Well, let's uh, let's get on with the, today's topic. Uh, you're supposed to bring the question today. You got a question for me? Yeah, I do. Um, okay, hey, look, I want to I want to ask a question related to preaching. So let's let's I'll, I want to dive into that. What is what is your favorite preaching model? Um, so there it is, man. Let's talk preaching and let's talk model. And I want to know what is Tian's favorite preaching model. Yeah, I don't know. I I keep on. I I change that uh, quite a bit. I I'm kind of a hybrid, you know. I mean, theologically uh, conservative and um, kind of lean towards uh, expository uh, preaching, you know. So that's yeah. kind of my baseline, yeah. just uh, trying to do the verse by verse explanation. But but also, um, you know, I've been influenced by a lot of other folks uh with with um you know been influenced by like like you know rick warren who's down the street from us and then also uh you know tim keller with his gospel centered stuff and then um with um some uh andy stanley about his his, you know just his clarity and his his practical 
um, I guess his contemporary relevance is, is relatability, you know, the way he he uh, gives very real time examples that everyone could, could relate to. So I don't know, it's 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 kind of a mixture between all of the above, you know, kind of big idea preaching versus um, expository versus gospel centered and. So yeah, there, there's kind of a hybrid, yeah. and you know what that means? That means that, that I, I my do. sermons are too long. That means my <laughs> sermons are too long. So I try to do all of it. Man, you know, okay, look, I, I, I uh, dude, I'm hitting, I'm understanding everything you're throwing at me, man. And I, I actually, I consider myself something along those lines as well. I, I do want to do explanation. I want to do like expository for the most part, but I, I also struggle with how it fits together with some of these other models you actually mentioned some models that and that i really like and identify i think that that ed Clowney, tim keller um i mean there's even a free discussion or class they put out at christ-centered preaching is really super awesome but then trying to you know mix that with all the other things and expository preaching or depending on how you define that it gets a little complicated man how, how have you worked that out? I, I realize you're a hybrid but well, nuts and bolts, man. How have you worked that out? What have you say? What have you said no to? What maybe walked away from or refined um, at this point in your preaching life? Well, let, let me let me uh, give you a real life example. I, I I can't think of like what you know like what I norm like usually. I can't. There's I don't know if there's a a a standard operating procedure, but let me just kind of talk about some things I've done recently. So um, right now we're we're walking through um, uh, the uh, book of uh, James, so we're walking through James uh, verse by verse, and and uh, it's probably gonna take fifteen weeks. We just finished the first section of chapter, the last chapter, chapter five of James, and um, so yeah, so let me think so this this past week it was james uh five chapter uh, chapter five verse one through six and it was it was about uh it was about money and how people misuse their money and things like that and then and then the week before was about um about well uh someone else preached the week before but the week before that that i preached was about judging people being you know so Mm -hmm. what what it turned out to be was even though I was going through um, uh, verse by verse, um, each one of these sections was was a little bit topical. So on the one where it was about judgmentalism, you know, I actually I I, I, I talked about you know um, like okay why we should not judge now. So I explained the passage, and then you know try to pull out some principles, and it it, it kind of became a big idea. Um, uh, sermon, but I brought in yeah. other scriptures for that. And, uh, so, you know, the last, a few went, uh, pretty well. The, the hard part is in a book of James, um, you know, the, the gospel, uh, gospel center tie-ins are a little bit harder to, to, it's not as natural. So you got to look for it. Um, so I, I, uh, my mm-hmm. comfort zone is starting with a text and starting with um you know kind of the flow of the text but the, but from there if if it if the sermon lends itself to being um a a topical um that came out of yeah that text we're setting you know I'm I'm fine with that to being a a big idea yeah uh big idea sermon 
dude so. um no okay hey look no that is that's really good dude i appreciate that look let me let me ask you more about contemporary significance you mentioned uh um dude who was this east coast guy uh andy was it stanley andy stanley you said that uh, yep. he, he does a really good job of just uh contemporary significance man I, i'd love to hear your thoughts more on that because you know a while back i went to uh um hey look you and i both had uh, did you have don Snookian in seminary you know both yeah of, yeah he's my yeah. favorite professor yeah yeah no no Christian totally professor man, me too man me too i really really dig him a while back i went to a uh just a little preaching um uh, just, just breakout session, if you will, you know, a little day, little mini, mini conference. And it was a, a group of pastors, guys from the PCN and Acts 29, a few people came in and just, uh, just listened to him. And, you know, he, he spent a lot of time talking about those things. And I, and I really appreciate the way he, he, um, addressed that issue, but I'm curious about Andy Stanley. What is, when you think, when you talk about him and contemporary significance, does it, does this stand out a little differently? And I, and yeah. I, yeah, I, I really I like so. uh, Andy Stanley about about his his clarity. Um, one of my one of my favorite books on preaching is uh, uh, his book called um, "Communicating for Change," and it, it's written kind of like a leadership parable, kind of like a, a Patrick Lencioni type of leadership yeah. parable, where there's a story and then there's you know then his principles at, at the end. But but he he talks about how um, in, in any type of, uh, you know, a speech or a sermon that the most important part is um, your relationship with the audience, like knowing where you are oh, dude, that's uh, good. in the sermon in relationship to the audience. So, mm-hmm. so let me see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write something down just yeah. to, to memorize. That's a huge thing. See. Okay. That, yeah, that relationship with the audience is very key. I mean, one of the things that you made me think of too, and it's separate from that is the fact that, look, I mean, my background was speech and, uh, which is different than a sermon because I mean, uh, you're not like making you you, you have the main ideas from someone else in this case from God, you know, in his word. And so that makes, it's a very different type of, um, speech, you know, yeah. in other yeah. ones, you know, you have, you make, you create your content, right? I mean, yeah, and you're not the expert, right? I mean, yeah. um, you're it, it, like if if it's a, you know, like like Tony Robbins or something, they're the expert. It's like you know, <laughs> us we're borrowing authority, and there's also like there's things that the angry that, expert like, Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, go on, but I, that's <laughs> there's things in things in in when you're speaking, um, you know, uh, uh, teaching God's word. There's things that your life isn't the best example of right so you're not the, uh, the um we're every called time to preach every time that that we're not fully living yet so we're yeah. uh, we're preaching to ourselves too right totally so absolutely so um i remember don sinuki and i think his his definition of preaching is is something like like uh look at what god is saying to us or something like that yeah. and the idea is like God is speaking to us and you're calling attention to it. You're explaining it, but, it, but you're also implicated in, in, uh, it's also speaking to you. Right. Yeah. So, so getting back to Andy Stanley, um, in, in his book, communicating for change, yeah. um, he has this outline and I just wrote it down just to see if I, uh, could remember it. And this is, this is the genius of Andy Stanley is I read this book years ago, but I, I still remember his, you know, his, his outline, and it's just very, like, it's very memorable. It just stays with you. But he, he says this, the, the shape of the majority of, of his sermons is um, me, we, God, you, see. 
Hmm. So those th- those those are the five yeah. different movements of his of his sermon. So he he normally he starts off with me, and he starts off with himself and and a story about about you know like hey um uh hey I've been struggling with this. So um you know like this past week I'm, I got my outline from 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 this past week at our church. We're speaking on James chapter five, and it's talking about. Uh, rich people misusing their wealth and, 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 you know, um, uh, yeah, taking advantage of poor people. Yeah. So, and it's talking about money and, and, um, we, we talked about the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So I, I would, you know, um, uh, how I would start that sermon on, on that topic is I would talk about, uh, my struggles with money as a me, you know, I struggle with money. I worry about money. You know, I really, you know, I, I, I really, uh, we pursue it. And then it, it goes to the, the, we, this is the contemporary relevance. We, it, he shifts off and he starts mm-hmm. talking about, um, Hey, um, uh, can you relate to this? I mean, it can't, you know, you, don't you struggle with this too? Don't we all struggle with the same thing? Don't we all, you know, um, look, to money to find our security or comfort, you know? Um, so, mm-hmm. and so he goes from me, like he, he starts off with himself starts, you know, it kind of disarms the audience and it says, wow, this guy's real. He, you know, he's talking about some real stuff. I can relate to him. And then he brings the contemporary relevance like, Oh yeah, that's me too. I, I, um, you know, so there's me, we, and then the God part is the, um, is the scriptures. Uh, so he shifts it. Usually he'll say something like this. He'll say, um, well, good. The good news is that we're not the only ones who struggle with this. You know, the, the, there's people, the Christians in the Bible struggle with this and and or say the good news is God actually teaches us, um, you know, what to do about that problem. And so let's turn to the Bible. You know, so that's that's how he turns it, you know, to mm-hmm. um, the scriptures. And then you're teaching them the, the main idea of that scripture. And then the the you the me we god you Mm -hmm. that's where he talks about the next steps you know so you know for Uh, me talking about money i was talking about i was talking about you know faith lessons about money that money's uh god's biggest rival you know love of money is destructive and i I had all these different points uh, from the text and then my next steps is okay now what are we gonna do about it it's like okay we got to repent number one of our idolatry number two we got to trust god with our finances i talked about contentment so so this is where it becomes very relevant where that's why it's a you it's like this is what you need to do in response to this and then his um now i i don't use um his closing uh his closing is uh c and it's a it's he closes on on vision he says uh you know it's you should always close with giving people hope he says you know what if we took this seriously and what if we actually applied this and trusted god imagine what god could do if we if we really trusted him or imagine you know how we would honor god so me we god you see and and i i I love that um because it is very relational and he spends a lot of time establishing credibility establishing the story drawing people in and then also giving them like, this is what you need to do next. Mm-hmm. So the hard part is this Andy Stanley, what he, he would even say this, like, like, like one of our sermons, he would actually turn that into a sermon series. Like if you got, I had three main points, he would say that needs to be three separate sermons. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and do you ever do those... that? Do you do that? Like, look, do a little well, mini series, uh, you know, something. Yeah. yeah I, I, I actually, I do, but not really, um, not the way he says it because, um, you know, I, I, I like working 
walking people through a book of the Bible because I, you know, it's not just teaching people spiritual truth. I, I think part of what we're doing is we're teaching, we're pointing people back to the Bible because they're going to forget my points. Yep. But, yep. but, but what we're doing is we're modeling that, Hey, each week um, we left off on verse six, the next week we're going to continue on verse seven and it's in there. And the truth that, that, you're like, wow, I, 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 you know, that's that's such a, a amazing truth. It's like, well, it came directly from the text. I mean, let me show you how I got it. Like we read it and I explained it. So, um, I think what Andy Stanley does, his style, I think is is clearer preaching. I think it's very clear, is very compelling. But I don't, I don't know if that um, actually uh, creates people who. Um, fall in love with the Bible mm-hmm. because like I listen to Andy Stanley. I'm like, wow, like I could never do that. I'm a pastor. I was like, I can't, I could never do that. <laughs> and like, he is so clear. It's like, well, how did you get that? And for me, I, I try to keep it real simple and it's like, Hey, well, it's just straight from the text. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I think what I'm trying to do is, you know, I'm trying to make it practical, but I'm trying to show people like, Hey, um, if you, don't have a Bible college education. It doesn't matter. You could, you, you could get this stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But Man, again, I, yeah. that part with Andy Stanley, right? His model, the, the God part, it's in the middle. And that's only a portion of his, like he only spends, you know, half of the sermon or, you know, uh, uh, explaining the text. Cause he, he takes smaller chunks of the Bible. He's not explaining, mm-hmm. you know, um, big portions, um, he's biblical, you know, I'm not calling him a heretic or anything, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, but okay. his, 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 um, the text of scripture that he's preaching on is smaller, and then he spends more time in the introduction and drawing people in, and then also explaining how it looks like in their lives. So, for me, when I take a bigger chunk, you know, it's long, it's like it takes longer. I, I, I aim at half an hour, but to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm at 45 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, most of the time because it, it takes me a long time to get in to that. Um, the introduction. My introductions are are, are too long. That's I do they come that. to you, uh, dude? Just yeah, like how do those come to you? Do you find that it's easier at this season of ministry? Was there a season when it was harder? Um, uh, some people really struggle with that, like the creativity related to application and introductions. But for you, like, where do you lie? It's like, no, man, that one, that part comes pretty easy. You know the. Yeah, yeah. The introduction comes easier than the application portion for me. The yeah. introduction, because I'm uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to establish, um, number one, establish interest, but also establish that we like like we are all in this together, and, and we have a problem, yeah. or we have a you know, and that God is going to to uh, teach us something about this issue, and and I don't need to try to you know, so so um, I would say eighty percent of my my sermons. Um, the introduction sounds very similar in the sense that I always start with myself. I always start with like, Hey, um, I, you know, uh, I struggle with this. Like, can you relate to that? Am I the only one? Am I the, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. Right. And it's like, and then people, you know, people are shaking their head and I was like, no, you're not the only one. And they're like, okay, well, okay. I, I know, I know you guys struggle with this too, because this is very common. So that, that introduction is, is, you know, I like, I have a lot of material yeah. to go on because I'm talking about myself and my own struggles. Yeah. So that's how, you know, like um, 
uh, Mother's Day was a few weeks ago. And uh, so, you know, um, that one was because we actually preached a Mother's Day sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I, what did I talk about? Um, uh, I talked about um, the sermon was about making a difference in another person's life. Yeah. So, you know, I talked about that. I talked, that's how I started. You know, I, I talked about, um, yeah. So anyways. No, 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 it's good. Hey dude, I, man, that, that's good stuff, man. I, and I think there's something really, something really powerful I, uh, about learning how to really compel people to, I think, want to listen and say, and give a strong introduction. Hey, look, and make them say, dude, I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about this. I want to see what God says, because that's what we're asking. We're asking, you know, what is God asking? What is he saying? And then go into the text. Um, man. So, Hey, look, can I, let me ask you about this. Oh, look, you have a question. No, no, go, go. Oh, well, no. I was going to ask you, well, what do you do? What, I mean, what, what is your, like, do you have a model that you try? Um, like, do you try to thread the needle uh, somehow? Like, oh, try hey, to do all this stuff. What? Uh, and some of that, th- dude. I'll tell you what. I I like the way you said that. Try to thread the needle. There's there's uh certainly certain things that I've learned along the way that have been really helpful. Uh, certainly Sanukian style. I like. I mean, kind of the basic idea. You know, learn from him and his model. I mean, it's a long time ago. Actually, thinking back, taking taking his classes. Um, this is like 20 years ago, dude. You really like? I went to seminary. I started seminary in 1999, and now it's way way later. But anyway, that being said. Um, you know, he talks, he really asks those three um, statements or, well, he, he says, hey, look, you got to be um, fair to the text is like the first rubric. You got to be fair to the text. You have to be clear. You have to be interesting and you have to be relevant. Those are like his big things. And he, he spends a lot of time like unpacking all those things. And um, um, and, and so what I've learned from him, I, I do a bit uh, a bit of that. But I have also sort of I've adjusted and made it my own. Uh, because along the way, I think what I've found in uh, being in ministry for these years, all these years, has been finding out who I am and my voice, but and then also trying new things along the way to just see what uh, is going to be most helpful in my particular context. Um, and along the way, uh, some adjustments have come, especially after listening, working through kind of the Ed Clowney Keller stuff and the whole Christ-centered, you know, looking, you know, preaching Christ. Um, um, you know, interweaving those p- things with it. So I still, I still do some of those things that Sanukian, you know, taught all those years ago. I, I like the idea so, so, of the big for, idea. For, for, like yeah, the, for people who don't know Don Sanukian, he he's in the um, Haddon Robinson uh, preaching. You know, like uh, yeah, he he's kind of in that that family tree. And um, like Don Sanukian actually wrote the. I, I think they're using his his preaching book, uh, his book for for in the seminary now. Yeah, uh, yeah. What is it? Was it called expository preaching? Um, I, th- I don't know. Uh, do, Contemporary preaching or something like that. I, don't I know. think it's Bibl- called preaching, biblical preaching or something. I, I can't totally remember the title. I mean, I have it. Yeah. Um, and and so so where was I going with the uh, no? But I, I think trying to interweave some of those. Like I still like I I play with the the big idea that you know he he. He pushed, although along the way, you know, I think there's a number of ideas that come out of a text. And so big idea and but addressing those things almost topically, even as you go through um, a text expositionally kind of, you know, so I, I'm um, I do like a bit of both. Um, and um, 
Anyway, so so I, I I still use a bit of his stuff and his discussion on clarity and application is I think really helpful. Like he, you know, not long ago I listened to him readdress some issues related to the difference between illustration and application, which I think is really helpful. You know, illustrations he you know he would argue like so yeah he would argue yeah, that what is the difference. So, Show me an example. So, um, without telling a big long story, like if I, an illustration would could be would not have bearing on the people's lives that are listening. It might be super interesting, and it might even relate to the text. And you and you probably would use it in a sermon, but an illust but um, it would not necessary. It doesn't have bearing. It's not particular to the lives of the listeners. So for him, when he's talking about application. He's talking about real concrete um, examples, uh, you know, from from different segments of people that are actually in your in your church setting. So it's it's that those those real life things. So how does the whatever the teenager, you know, experience? Um, I don't know. Like, the, for example, you, you know, you I know you preach a sermon dealing with the, the, the love of money. Right. Where, where does a, he, he, he would he would want to talk about that. Where does a, a teenager go experience the love of money where we might be tempted by the love of money or, you know, or a parent or, or a, you know, grandparents who possibly are, um, maybe widowed, uh, you, they get widowed and then there's been a few years and all of a sudden grandpa or grandpa, they, grandpa or grandma, they want, they want to get married and they're going to get married and, and they're, they're Christians and they think, Oh my goodness, there's this huge tax hit that I'll take. If I actually marry this person, couldn't I just be married in God's eyes? And and then you you, know, you help them work through like, hey, look, you know what? Like the love of money, it like might you might uh, cave into this temptation to. So so let, let me uh, try to get the, understand the difference between that. So an illustration, if I'm saying the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, um, you know, uh, my point was the love of love of money is is destructive. Um, so. An illustration would be, well, let's let's look at um, uh, let's look at the rich young ruler. Let's look at you know um, these people in the Bible. Um, let's let's uh, you know um, you know camel through the eye of the needle type thing. So I, I, it could even come from the Bible. It's illustrate something, and and maybe you could get more color and understanding. Sure, sure. But 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 it's not directly. I can't apply that. Exactly. So, that doesn't, I can't apply that today because yeah, yeah. I'm not the rich young ruler. I'm not. Exactly. You know, I'm, not, I'm not a rich young ruler. I didn't come from a wealthy family. And I know that, you know, and then so, some people, maybe they approach application very, very generally and very vaguely. And he argues that being super general and being very vague does not help people do application. He said the, the majority of people in the church are, they're just not going to sit down right after you preach the sermon, he argues, uh, and I think rightly, and try to ponder application. And even if you look at people that are in the 90th percentile, like, you know, people that went to, you know, seminary and they just, they love the Bible, just give them the benefit of the doubt that, that they love the Bible, but they're still not going to work through that. So he's saying, he what he's really arguing is you need to paint color and picture. And the way you do that is you're going to use um, things that are going to have very, very direct. Um, um, it's going to look like their lives and not. And, 
And it has to be detailed, right? It, it does. Has, it, can't just it, be. it has to be detailed. For him, it has he those details matter because it paints color. And he said he argues that hey, these people are gonna say thank you, Pastor. You're telling me what it looks like. Otherwise, you're forcing them to try. Well, you know, for, you're you're trying to get them to think about something that they're, they're just not going down that road and thinking about necessarily. I'm not saying, and he said he wouldn't say that. The, hey, the Holy Spirit. He's not saying the Holy Spirit wouldn't wouldn't do that application. You just do some awesome work in their hearts. He's just saying for the most part, it's that's not what's going to happen. And so unless you paint detailed color into their lives, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna consider those things. So, uh, so have you intentionally tried to do that? Recently? I. Uh, no, I have, I have, and um, um, and it's, uh, yeah, no, and I'm, and I'm actually honestly struggling through, like working through it. I'm working through it just to see where it seems to be helpful. Um, and uh, I, I think, I think it is. I, I think it is. I think that's 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 true because I think the the illustration stuff where you know just doesn't have bearing. You just basically you tell an interesting story and they laugh and but they it just they kind of move on. Right. And that's the whole thing. He want, he's saying, hey, look, you want it to hit their hearts. You want to hit where hit them where they are. So, um, yeah. 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 So what about you, man? Do you do you try to go super detail? I mean, it sounds like you do. Like when you're talking about your introduction, hey, look, when you start with like the Stanley model saying you start with me, you're saying you're kind of you're giving some real stuff. You're saying, hey, yeah. this is what yeah. it looks like in my life. And I and I and I know where I fail. And look, and you yeah. do, and you, and we do too, and you do too. And then now that, that might be, a, uh, now obviously, um, you spend a different amount of time and different, depending on whether or not you need to kind of bring them along. I, like I, I totally get that because they may not buy it. That's a whole, there's a whole another discussion. Uh, they may or may, you know, they need to know what it looks like, but they may or may not buy it per se. And you might have to kind of argue it. So that's understandable mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, um, I don't do a good job with um, application, mainly because my I feel like at that point, at the end, my um, I I intentionally spend more uh, you know a good amount of time in the introduction, but my introductions can tend to be uh, long, and then once I get to the um, uh, application portion. You know, I'm looking at the clock and say, shoot, where'd the time go? And then I'm I'm not going deep into the application, like how like applying it to different uh different people and, and actually uh showing how it would look like to uh, you know for it to work out in people's lives. And and I don't know, that that's just a, a constant struggle. And honestly for me, it's because I am uh half um what do they call it extemporaneous in my preaching like i have an outline uh i actually use fill in the blanks and i that's exactly what i wanted to ask you next go yeah i really wanted to ask hey what do you go up on stage with what do you go to the pulpit with yeah yeah like is it a single sheet is it you know what do you do outline I, i force myself to only bring up one sheet of paper it's just a regular eight and a half by 11 but uh, if you know this is this is on a on a perfect day uh, where I've I've uh, wait. Do you script uh, you the know, other stuff Be- before? No, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't script. I don't script anything. I yeah. I maybe I might have a couple of times and when I first started, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just, it's just too hard for me to do that. 
Yeah. And so I, I bring up one sheet of paper. It's both. It's printed on both sides, and um, I do it landscape, and um, uh, I fold it so it looks like it's four four different sheets or four different. You know, uh, so it fits inside my Bible, but I I, I I do it on two columns and I fold it so there's four different portions, um, and a lot of times what I do is I make the notes for the, for the church. And I would say maybe 60% of the time I'm handwriting it, um, onto, onto the, the, the notes that I yeah. um, am giving to. The, oh uh, yeah. The yeah. I know what you're saying. I see yeah, you've got yeah. that outline, the notes, but then you're, you're writing in now. Yeah. Do you, do you struggle with, um, now, now look, I, I kind of, I've wrestled with this a little bit. Um, the, Obviously, we've done a we spent a significant amount of our lives using computers and typing. But do you do you feel the difference between typing something out like that and writing it with your hands? Is one easier or better for you than the other? I I don't know if it's a real thing. I've never done a study. I've never done research on this. But I just thought, yeah, there's times where I, where well, it's easier to pen ideas and they float yeah. than it is to type it on a screen of a laptop. Well, like um, even though I don't. Even though I don't um, uh, type up a manuscript, I probably uh, have scribbled, you know, on pieces of paper, you know, eight to ten versions of that sermon. And oh, I, yeah. and this is this is what I this is what I do in in writing when I'm writing books and stuff. Like I I, I use paper and pen because I feel more creative uh, in it because in like for example, if you're typing something out out and then you notice it is underlined in red because you spelt it wrong, you're gonna like you're forced to go back and change it. Like there's something like you cannot ignore that red misspelling, right? And and that just it just changes the creativity. It's just like oh you're 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 editing now, you but it, it's not time yeah. to edit, right? Right oh, now we're just coming sure. up with ideas. So so even in my writing, um, you know, I, I learned that with like some of my favorite authors, they, they, they write pen, they, you know, pen and paper. Um, you know, I actually use a fountain pen. I have, uh, I have, I have uh, several fountain pens. I use a fountain pen because I just, uh, I, I really enjoy how that, how that goes using a fountain pen. And so I scribble all this stuff and then, and then all that information, like I must have used a dozen or more sheets of paper filled up, uh, to produce that outline that you know it's narrowed it's distilled into this outline that i type up and from that point i don't really actually need notes because i've worked it through i could walk up there with nothing but but i i normally take up the outline that they use and i fill it in uh myself and then i i you know uh add in my notes in there you know sometimes i i put spaces in the um you know the the extra spaces in, in their notes so i could fit in you know other things so i don't know there, there's guys that use an ipad and all that stuff i i don't know i just i for me it's just simpler because i take up a sheet of paper because um i would say half the time i'm sitting back there during during the you know uh last couple of songs and i get a new idea and i change the opening and i x out something and you know or add something so so yeah it's just it's just a lot simpler for yeah. me to do yeah. it that way. No, I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, I realize, you know, as I have like thought through these things over the years, I, I think ultimately you have to figure out, you've got to do you, you've got to do what works for you. And I've seen a lot of different, 
you and I both, I'm sure, have seen a lot of different uh, things that people do in terms of their what what do they bring up a manuscript, which I, I I don't do that either. Like I have, I did, I did several times in the beginning, but then I found out, man, that just wasn't me. Like there's certain things that I was able to like work out and have the entire whatever story you know thought through, maybe even gone over verbally. And just one, yeah. I, would, I just need a word to trigger it. If that, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. in in the outline, but um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit different though, because you, you know, both you and I were at small churches. We're preaching most of the time, um, and the people have a relationship with us, and we're looking at them. And there's a there's a comfort factor. Now, let, let, let me tell you, when I when I preach at you know at a conference or I guest speak at another church, I I'll actually do a little bit more work in in trying to, to manuscript a little bit, you know, and to work out the outline. Like, you know, I, I've gotten the chance to speak at a couple of mega churches in, um, you know, as a guest speaker, um, like, uh, you know, last year when I spoke someplace, um, I, yeah, I, I manuscripted that thing. No, not, not branches. <laughs> uh, um, I, you know, I manuscripted that thing and I nearly, you know, I mainly memorize it. You know, I had yeah. a, a little bit of note card uh, with me, but, but, uh, cause I knew I was going to be in high definition, gigantic screens. I didn't want to just look down <laughs> the whole time. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, anyways, so yeah, I don't know if, 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 I guess it depends on your church. I mean, I guess, you know, it's called the struggling pastors podcast, you know, so we're, we're, you know, Andy Stanley is not listening for sermon tips on, on, no. on this podcast. Right. So he is, I, I guess for, for most of us, you know what, this is uh, maybe the encouraging thing. And we're, this is kind of a, a Don Sanukian um, love fest or something because we're uh, he, he's just meant a lot to me, but this yeah, yeah. is, I remember this is what, this is what he said to encourage people, right? He says, like, if you think about preaching um, at a church for a long period of time, it's like it's like mama's cooking, right? It's like mama's cooking. Like yeah, yeah. you just want it to be nutritious. You don't want it to be served with love, and like you don't you don't remember what mama cooked last month, right? But you just know that you were loved, you were fed, it was done with love, and and she always served you up something pretty good. And you just, I like, have good memories because like, man, she, you know, um, you know, it, it, it was filling, nutritious, served with love. And, and it, I don't know the, the whole, it really, it, it relieves me of the performance anxiety. Like I need to wow these people. It's like, no, 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 I'm not, they're not my customers here. It's like, it's family and I'm just trying to uh, do my best to, to, to feed them. And so I don't know, I, I used to be all into that, uh, trying to, um, perform and, and get a, a good reaction. And, and honestly, I think when I was younger in ministry, um, it was more about me, you know, about like, I wanted to justify, um, you know, paying tuition to go to seminary to, you know, wow people and do all this, you know, I wanted to show that I was a, you know, uh, a good preacher, um, just to justify my own, you know, I don't know yeah. what I was doing, but, but it's just, taking care of people, loving people, like genuinely loving people through, through preaching, um, genuinely shepherding them, their hearts. I, I think that goes a long way. And so, dude, absolutely, yeah. man. Well, dude, that's, man, that's really all I had for you today, man. 
Uh, do you have any other questions? Okay. No, no. What, so what, what's the question for the community here? We're, we're trying to get people, hey, if you're listening to this, you guys need to go on to strugglingpastors.com. That's where this this podcast lives. Uh, there's, there's a website. Uh, each episode has a little um, comment section. We're really trying to create, um, you know, uh, a little community that where we could, uh, um, uh, you know, talk to each other to have a discussion. So we have a question of the week is what's our question about preaching? Like, how do you preach or what, how, uh, what, what, hey, how about what's your favorite preaching model? Uh, because usually, and the reason I phrase it like that is usually that is, uh, the person or the model they will try to emulate at least at first yeah. as they figure out who they are. So, you know, you got a bunch of people yeah. trying to sound like John Piper at first or whatever. And so we'll yeah. start with, I think it's a great start. So what's your strugglingpastors.com? What is your, what is your preaching favorite preaching model? Um, and, uh, on, on the website, you also find, uh, links to get in touch with us. So strugglingpastors.com. So that's our question of the, of the week. Uh, what is your favorite preaching model? And, uh, Israel, thanks for bringing the questions. Um, Got it, dude. yeah, appreciate it. Okay. We'll All see right, you man. next time. Later.